Hello. Welcome to Big Feeling, the podcast for two prematurely crotchety weirdos in suburban exile. Talk about parenting and other strange, gross, and interesting things. I'm Lo, and that's... Ginger! I'm so proud of you that you can remember your name right now. Thank (laughs) you. Oh my god. Summer's almost over. Uh, I feel like a deflated mattress. I feel like a husk. Like a drained, scooped out. Like a balloon that's just been deflated Mm. to the part where it's just all crumbly. Yeah, you asked me what you wanted to talk about today if I had any ideas, and I just said, no, I I'm not even an individual anymore at this <laughs> point. I just... Oh my God, Tulpas. I had to remind Ginger to poop last night. <laughs> I didn't sit down all day, and that meant not sitting down on the That's toilet, right. apparently. Yeah. Well, no, because I knew you hadn't pooped because you hadn't seen my texts. <laughs> That's when you were like, no, I haven't looked at my phone all day. And I'm like, you haven't pooped? Okay. So I guess it should be said that what we are, we are in like the third month of summer vacation, third year, the third year of summer vacation and our children are here every single day. It's like a siege. We, uh, we've been under siege now. We're on like week seven. Yeah, and we're starting oh to run out God. of water, See, and they're <laughs> at least at least you have an escape. You can go Gotta and work. like cut people's hair, <laughs> and you're just like, ah, oh, look at me. I'm so individual, and I'm just like bleeding my individualness all mm. over. Oof. Yeah, me. I'm trapped. I am trapped here all the time. It was like two days ago, and I was just picking up like every five seconds, turning around and picking something up. I didn't even mean to. I hate those women. Mm-hmm. I hate those women who are just like constantly picking things up after their children. <laughs> and I am that woman now. I am that woman. Oh, all day made. All day. Oh my gosh. And they're just so ungrateful. They're so ungrateful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mom, get me some milk. Mom, can you help me with this? Mom. Mom! All day. But I love them. Mm-hmm. They're lovely. They really, really are. And it's my fault. I know it's my fault. Mm-hmm. I haven't stopped to just say, okay, guys, we're all going to work out a plan. We're going to do this and this and this. Because you're just so in that little moment of, like, trying to keep up. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, it's brutal. But here I am with you. We've locked ourselves downstairs. <laughs> We've had to do one extra level of barriers. <laughs> yeah. Because of all We're behind the behind another door. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be okay. We're, I mean, it's. I think that's the thing is this is when it gets really gnarly because it's almost over. And you can, you can like, you can feel it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel it coming. Um, it's so close. It's so close Wait, to was being that, over. Wait, was that supposed to be Phil Collins? No, that was my weekend. Oh. Oh, I was thinking, I can feel it coming in Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. My Lexi came in my room today when I was naked and getting dressed. She said, Mom, summer vacation's over. We haven't done I, anything. Were you like, I wish. <laughs> no. And I just was like, no, we have a whole nother month. <laughs> So I was driving home last night and I saw my super husband taking the kids down the street with the dog to go like ride their bikes and stuff. And he's like, do you want to join us? And I was just like, no. (laughs) And I had some new like hair dye shit to try out. So I, I said, no, thank you. And I went home to put some crap in my hair and I'm in the shower with like bleach in my hair and... I hear them come home, and it was like a parade in the bathroom. First, my daughter came in, hi, mommy. And I'm like, hi, I'm naked. And then my son came in, hi, mommy. And I'm like, yeah, hello, this is my bush. And then the dog came in and stuck his head in the shower. And I was just like, all right, anybody else? I know the cat was lurking on the toilet because he's just waiting for me to get done in the shower so he can drink that delicious shower water. But, yeah, it was like, God damn it you people and then even this morning so i'm showering again and harold comes in and he's just staring at me and i'm like 
checking out my fanny. What's what's going on? He's like, no, I'm just looking at you. And I'm like, yeah, you sure are. He's burning that image of you. Can I? And I always feel like what they what they see is the lady from The Shining. Remember that? That's what I feel like. I look like naked because I'm. I've got all these bruises. Like, which one? The scary one. The dead. Like, you know how that scene, it's like he goes in the, in the bathroom and at first it's like the sexy lady. Oh, and God, then at a certain horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awful. Because, <laughs> you know, you're like wet and you're all kind of like, <laughs> and, you know, like I said, I'm all like splotchy and bruised and old and it's like a meme. It's like, this is what you married and it's the sexy lady in room 217. And it's like, this is what you get 10 years later. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we are husks i don't know we were so you spun the wheel of topics and it landed on food i know <laughs> you said what are we talking about today yeah. so we they built a sonic in my neighborhood and i'm realizing that i'm too old to eat at sonic why there were repercussions both times, severe repercussions about 10 hours after the ingestion of oh. the foot-long coney dog <laughs> with chili. I mean, real. it's, you know, at this point, my food habits, it's self-harm. <laughs> it's like... It's like cutting, but with food. Oh, fuck. My diet really? at this point. Oh. It has degenerated. It couldn't really be worse. I mean, that's the best thing about it is it's like probably drive through twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the worst. I feel like someone's going to call CBS <laughs> if I really, but I'm going to keep it real. Let's keep it real. So our average mealtime is the kids sitting at the table with one of, I think, four items we've got. It's a small menu, corn dogs, chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, but of course they don't both like the same kind of mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. You know what's oh, funny mini though, pizzas. is that this is how I validate giving my kids that kind of food, like chicken nuggets and Kraft macaroni and cheese, is that, um, you know how you watch Top Chef and they're talking about their backgrounds and they're like, well, when I was a kid, all I ate was macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets. Yep. And here I am, a world a world renowned chef and I'm awesome and I eat all this great food all the time. I just think I'm building character. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly have thought like, well, maybe this podcast will do well and I'll get a blue apron sponsorship or like Hello Fresh because I've looked at their subscriptions and I'm like, oh, you know, 40 bucks a meal. Oh my god, that is such don't do it. But That's then, hor- have you ever tried? Somebody bought me the a box, the Blue Apron okay. thing. Don't it is. Oh wait. <laughs> Promo <laughs> code. Fuck you. <laughs> Get forty percent on. <laughs> okay. Well, meal. Let's just say meal planning. Those boxes. Boxes. There. Are, some of them have just. Everything is to the tea, and they send you like all these individual yeah. portions. It's like two ounces of soy sauce. Yeah. Yes, in like in a little plastic cup. Mm-hmm. And so it feels very um, degrading, almost like, oh, mm. I can't even be trusted to take my own vinegar out of the yeah, that's out of great. the cupboard. <laughs> great, I can't because you know what's going to happen is I'm going to get the vinegar out, and it's going to be from five years ago, the last time I tried to cook food, and it will have expired. Vinegar doesn't expire. I bet it. You would think, but I bet you I've got some like fucking foamy expired apple cider vinegar in my cupboard Uh, where you'd open it. It's like 100 proof or something by now. (laughs) It's now a liqueur. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we, last night we got Pizza Dudes, which is real good and isn't racist. What Uh, is it? What? Yeah, it's our like local delivery thing. Oh. I think it's a chain, but oh, it's it's. I mean, it makes my husband so happy. And they have a Philly cheesesteak that I like. I got mm. some like really intense pasta last night that I'll live off of for three days. I mean, that's the thing too is I stop uh-huh. and get Thai food, and it's like forty bucks, but I, I eat that uh-huh. for like four days in a row, uh-huh. two meals a day. So 
You're efficient. You (laughs) just so lazy. It's like, (laughs) what's in here that I've wondered? Like, if Jamie Oliver came to my house, Mm. what I don't? I think I would defeat him. He'd be like, I can't make anything. I can't do an accent, but like, he'd be like, oh, you're fucked. You got like ketchup and some moldy raspberries. (laughs) What are you gonna make with that? And it's like, well, our freezer's full. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I ate healthy one time for about a month. <laughs> oh. And I mean, yeah, the, like I said, the repercussions are, you've heard me talk about my Taco Bell cleanse. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so the same thing happens at Sonic. Shoot. I just, uh... You know, um. Oh, I also, I, oh, Popeye's is my favorite. Oh my gosh. Me and I Harold both love Popeye's. I've never eaten at any of these places. I don't know. I mean, I guess I have to. We should we should switch oh. like dietary lifestyles someday, <laughs> like just I mean, for like just for like a week and see how we roll. I feel like my therapist calls it survival mode, but it's like we're still in survival mode. And then we've talked before about my picky husband, and so what little cooking does happen is done by him because I did used to try to make stuff like I have a crock pot. I used to make really good crock pot chili crock pot. Get that Ready cock pot, set it, and forget I it. I love the cock pot. <laughs> Woo! I'm a some of that cock pot. Set that cock pot for eight hours and come home to a delicious smelling home. <laughs> a nice hot cock pot. Steaming hot pile of cock pot. <laughs> Ooh. But yeah, and then I would make stuff and he would pick it apart and he, he won't do it. Onions, mushrooms, it's a long list. So you have a fear of rejection. No, rejection makes me angry. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just finally like, it's really annoying when I don't enjoy cooking. I'm not good at it, but I did it anyway. I tried. Yeah. And he didn't, he was verbally like, oh yeah, this is great. And then I look and he's like picking even those dried minced onions. If he found one little particle of onion in a dish, he just won't eat it. No, nothing with a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I have a, we have a good cop, bad cop relationship with food. Um, especially when I make something and the kids look at it and they go, I don't want to eat that. I will allow my husband to go, you are going to sit there. You're going to finish that plate of food that your mom worked really hard to make. And then I'll let him kind of lay down the law. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets up and he leaves, I'll look at the kids and go, it's okay. Just take one more bite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it makes me feel better mm-hmm. in the way that they're being forced to eat it, but I still get to look good, you know, kind yeah. of thing. I stopped cooking for my kids and just started making things that were a little more watered down, but were still things that I like to eat. Our main thing is, well, now that we've looked at our budget and our books and everything, we can't really afford to eat out anymore. So that helps. Oh, neither can we. When, we're, when you're super poor <laughs> and you can't afford to go through the drive through any more than like once or twice a week. But so, the drive throughs for the whole family, it's like 30 bucks. And if you think about like if you were to get chicken and whatever hmm. the only drive through that we go to is taco time oh it's good good fresh fresh good good fresh fresh but it's usually 40 bucks yes and we usually get a headache afterwards because we're very we're salt sensitive Mm. in our house i love salt i know i like it too but Um, i get sick if i have too much of it like literally i'll get a migraine okay so I would say that our our main rotation of food is miso and noodles, which is super easy and That's delicious. Not as fuck. Well, the miso, yes, but if you you water it down and okay. you have it like with you know as a broth, mm-hmm. right? And you put vegetables and tofu in it. And then we've got Taco Tuesdays, which never happen on a Tuesday because I can't get it together enough to be that scheduled. But we've got turkey tacos. And then usually we do some sort of grilled chicken one. And then, yeah. Yeah. We'll do chicken and vegetables about once a week. Tacos happen at my house, but it is meat and cheese only. Hmm. Even from taco time, my husband is, Hmm. he calls it crap. None of that crap on there. And I'm like, oh, you mean like things that. (laughs) You like lettuce? Yeah. Iceberg lettuce? Oh, God, that's, (laughs) ugh. 
too healthy. So meat and cheese only. And Harold has actually requested like no meat on those meat and cheese tacos. So he wants a taco shell with cheese in it. Uh huh. Which I was like, well, then that's a quesadilla, which is also in our rotation. Yeah. One of the best meals that I have found is beans and rice. So good. Beans and rice. The kids just eat the beans and rice, and then you can have a salad if you want to on the side. Wasn't that a Sesame Street song? Beans and rice. That's nice. I don't know, but I love it. (laughs) Whatever it was. Yeah, my kids won't do rice. They will do teriyaki chicken. You know, they at least will eat some Asian foods. Yeah. But. What about curry? Have you ever tried like Mm -mm, a. Nothing. Harold's much more adventurous. I keep hoping that one of them will get into food and will be like. (laughs) Your top top chef master. Oh my God. See? That show. I'm telling you. Those little kids. I'm like, can I adopt (laughs) a child? And I won't, I'm not going to have like some, you know, like those people that adopt a kid and then it's their slave. Like, Uh, but if if, if a child could cook. Yeah, so I'm going to make a sous vide here. I'm just going to like gently boil this. And I would be like, how many Shopkins per meal do you want? (laughs) Or lol pets or whatever the fuck is the thing right now. Like how many fidget spinners can I pay you in fidget spinners? (laughs) You know, we've talked before about, like, I remember one time I came over here and you had beets. And I was like, oh, I want beets. I have beets in my fridge right now. Uh, we could go roast some. We could just sit down here and, like, make some eat beets. red pea. That's the best part about yeah. eating beets is that you pee red. And asparagus. Oh, well, yeah. not red, green. Well, yeah, but, I mean, the, the fun smell. At, at least in the summer, things go on the grill. It's a little healthier in the summer, but... Yeah, my eating habits are, it's, it is it's self-harm mm. at this point. And I know I'm just doing it until I get a tumor or my spleen comes <laughs> I don't out my want asshole. you to get a tumor and I don't want your ass to pass a spleen, please. <laughs> An internal organ. Oh, God, melt. gross. Ugh. I just visualized that. Mm. No, I That's don't want the that to happen. <laughs> rinse, rinse. Rinse Rinse the shame away. Oh, man. (laughs) Lorraine, we need to make a meal plan for you. God, no. Let's just do it. And it'll be just yours. Like, you don't always have to do everything for your your family. I, I get a salad in the bag. I eat it separately. I think part of it, too, is that I was, I grew up much just like I am now. Fat, fat kid. Fat little kid. Fat, fat, fat. And... I remember when I was, I started dieting when I was 11. So I think in a weird way, it's part of just my acceptance of like, instead of trying to do this thing that my body clearly doesn't want to do, which mm-hmm. is be smaller and, and conform to the norm, mm-hmm. I'd rather just find someone who loves me fat and buy bigger pants. And because it doesn't matter what I do, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter if I work out. It doesn't matter if I eat Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I diet my ass off. Pretty much nothing happens. Mm. So it's like, clearly I'm hard. Well, I think you are doing size. it for the wrong reason. It could be that you need to rewire your brain and think well, that you feel shittier when you eat crappier. That's also my sugar is definitely an addiction for me. And oh, me too. So I did a I did a cleanse. I did a whole thirty, and yeah, I felt amazing. My sleep was better. My joint pain went away. Uh, it was very challenging though because I was eating completely separately from my family, mm-hmm. and also completely separately from the minuscule social interactions that I have. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I would have to have an apple and a bag of almonds with me everywhere I went. Mm. But that's, it was kind of sad because how good I felt taught me like that I'm willing to sacrifice feeling good. I think it's the human condition. You know that that option is available. You know that you can do it and you're like, eh, it's always waiting for me. I could do it if I wanted, but I don't want to. No, I'd rather just be a garbage person. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) And, and like eat cereal like Gollum. You know what? Uh, out of a mug (laughs) (laughs) at 11 30 at night (laughs) that's Uh, when i've been like recharging my 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 uh, god my battery during during it's like everybody goes to bed i actually wait for my husband so last night we were texting i do the exact same thing we were texting and and i i waited for my husband to like for the breathing to change to the sleep breathing (laughs) 
and then I got back up out of bed and I went and finished my research for the Gremlin Blender segment. Wild Waves. How was Wild Waves? Band-Aid-y. I made it. A lot of floating band-aids. A lot of, (laughs) yeah. At least probably less cigarette butts because the last time I went was like 20 years ago and it was like, I I guess less cigarette, nothing has changed at Wild Waves in the last 20 years, except maybe a little less less cigarette cigarette butts, butts, but everything is still as janky as it was before. Like the rides and stuff are like, Mm. there's a lot of like walking on hot Mm. concrete. In bare feet. I never thought was uncomfortable until yeah. this you, last time I went. When you're a kid, you're straight up slap, 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 running yeah. on you're that going concrete. going to the you're next slap, 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 slide, slap. you're into yeah. it. You actually like, because I remember my, when my mom would take us, which, bless her heart, she would just be like, bye. She would set up with her J.A. Jantz book on a blanket, and she would just be like, here's camp, here's base camp, and we would have a cooler full mm-hmm. of snacks and yeah. Capri Suns. Yeah. And yeah, just let me know if you See, that's what something. we did this year, but I was the base camp person. And that was a new role for me. Like, I've just always wanted, I've always been the person to be like, yeah, let's go out and we're going to hit all these slides. And and we had little Jameis with us. Mm. And so he couldn't really go around to a lot of places. So he just wanted to hang out. And I was the base camp person. So so you were in kind of the little kid spray park mm-hmm. area yeah. by the wave pool? Uh-huh. Yeah. The last Which time I went, was there fine. was a series of unfortunate events. I don't remember what order it happened in, but first... It was super packed. I was in the wave pool, and my titties came out of my swimsuit, (laughs) you know, bobbing up and down, and I do not know how long they were out. And the only way that I knew that they were out was from the facial expression of the young man who was basically, like, inches away from me. (laughs) He was probably, like, 11. So that happened, and then I saw, like, an alarming number of, like, 13-year-old girls smoking in, like, dental floss bikinis with, like, gross older dudes, you know, in proximity, and then the thing happened where I went down that really steep slide, and I got my swimsuit went into my, like, large intestine. I got, like, a Wild Waves uh, colonic. And then I was so like, oh my God. And I stood up and I was like freaked out. And then the, the teenager manning the top of the slide got on the megaphone and was like, ma'am, ma'am, we need you to move, ma'am. So then everybody's watching me like, cause I was like, do I, do I dig it out? Like in front of everybody? Like, how do you, it's up there. I've got a thong now. So yeah, that was my last. And you just go over and start smoking with the the thirteen year olds. Yeah, just get, that get point. one of those bum a smoke off one of those ninth graders. If you can't beat them, join them. Shoot, smoke them if you got them. <laughs> I looked back at our at our two year old, and his hair was all fucked up and messed up, and he was carrying like this slurpy container, and he was so delirious because he hadn't had a nap, and he didn't have a shirt on, he was nice. all a mess. And my husband Looking just like goes, Florida, man. he's just real, he's fitting in. He is really just <laughs> absorbing the wild waves lifestyle. Culture. It was just that federal wave. Yeah. Culture. <laughs> but it was a mess. Like there was so many people there. It, it reminded me of one of those, like the videos that you see of people in China where, where they're at the wave pool, but mm-hmm. there's like 50,000 of them. There's probably like two teaspoons <laughs> of water in there. <laughs> That's kind of what it was like. We got season passes to that little park by us and so we've been going a lot and it's so funny because ever since that incident at wild waves like and it's weird because there's something about wave pools where it pushes like air up and you feel like your titties are out and (laughs) well maybe it's because it happened well and it happened to me (laughs) i survived and it's so funny because i hear this teenage girl next to me and she said she's like i keep feeling like i got a titty out and i was like okay that's just like a wave pool swimsuit kind of phenomenon You're wearing a way too cute swimsuit i had on a speedo one piece was a speedo one you know what it was was um i can clearly remember because it, it came up to here and it was just straight across on the top but it had these like spaghetti straps yeah that's, and that's what had happened was it was like begong, that's not a begong, speedo type then begong, speedos. <laughs> 
and it but the straps were so thin that yeah now i've got like i've got buttressing in my swimsuit now like i've got fit structure it is you know i'm not doing the mom tankini that's what size boob are you i'm a weird I'm like a 42C. Uh, so okay. I'm Brontosaurus ribcage, like the Flintstones, and then like... So your, your boobs aren't actually... I mean, they're pretty reasonably they're portioned. Yeah. They look really nice. You have Thanks. nice boobs. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. I'll keep them. I developed very large boobs. Um, I've always had big boobs. So swing suits never really fit me. Mm. And so they always fit the fleshy part coming out. You got so. under... Armpit oh yeah, it's the worst. I think I'm like swimsuit a, shopping super fun. I think I'm like a what are they? It's like an F F Ooh, or something. F for fucking what? gigantic. <laughs> fucking fabulous. Yeah, I would never. I would not guess you were in. Well, they've shrunk that far down the but they gotten sucked sucked out sucked out a little bit, but still pretty. It's big. like a whole other show topic though. Boop. Titties. Yeah, we'll put do that, that one on the we'll, list. Yeah, it's so on the list. Can... It's in there. Okay, good. And we've been yammering for like a half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Just about food. Ah. Oh, food. Food. Oh, what I was going to say. Failure. Pick. uh, Here's my tip. Pick something that you really like that's super healthy and eat the shit out of it. Yes. Like for me this summer, I've really loved watermelon. Mm. Super good for you. On my Weight Watchers app, it says that it's a zero point food. So I eat it all day. And whenever I feel hungry, I just go and eat shit tons of that. And I just pee it out. So it's actually just fine. You're staying hydrated. Staying hydrated. And it's super sweet. So it really helps. But you know, one annoying thing is my husband was like, how much watermelon are you eating? And I said, well, it's part of my, it's part of my getting healthy, you yeah. know, lifestyle. And he says, it's really expensive. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no. It's, I mean. I'm like, fuck. No. Off. I don't think so <laughs> well it is pretty pricey when you're buying one watermelon a day but, but I mean, at the same time it's food i know and i loved money. it i i really do love it so jesus that's my one thing yeah don't include husbands on on anything don't you shouldn't just do your own thing but, yeah and, and make your own food my husband's the one that's like do we have any money <laughs> i'm like <laughs> why and he's like can we order a pizza? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like we 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 were not great with money either, and so yeah, we would spend our last fifty bucks on mm. pizza. Yeah, yeah. That's I, where it all. That's where all your money gets sucked out is eating out. I know that from firsthand experience. We well, do the exact same thing. It's hard because I just get tired of throwing food away. So when I prepare like something normal for my kids or my family. Just reduce just the portion. You make it garbage. just just for yourself. Yeah. And then you maybe you give your kids. You know, kids actually don't have to eat that much yeah. until they're teenagers. They kind of just eat like birds. I think Clem lives on air and chocolate milk. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing too. Is I I don't want to. I'm so afraid of. In a way, to me, the worst thing you can do is sit a kid down in front of something that they've said they don't like and they don't want to eat. Yeah. And do that whole like you're gonna sit here until mm-hmm. you finish it which was another great peewalk well when i was a kid i had to sit there and, and i didn't get to get up until i finished it and then the this next part of the story it's it's like people who advocate spanking and then mm. every other story that they tell you is either about how they were spanked and how abusive and horrible it was or how they were spanked and it became like a joke like um i've heard stories of people oh yeah i used to put magazines down my pants you know and and just and then how they would like laugh it off so it's like you're telling me to do something whoa and then you're following that up with how abusive you think it is so when when Jameis was doing his um speech therapy part of it part when you have speech issues some of it is related to textures and like food and stuff like that so they actually there's actually food therapy for kids yeah um, they have to and try what, something like 10 times, right? Oh, yeah. Good or luck maybe with that. More. God damn it. Yeah. But there's a whole, like, process to it, like, just getting them to, like, put it near their nose and then putting it on their lips and then pretty soon tasting it and then chewing it. You know, but it's, like, all of this huge process. Ugh. And the last one is actually, you know, eating it and consuming it. Mm. But one thing that she said was um, that you should never force a kid to eat their food 
I still want to eat grapefruit because a babysitter did that to me once. Yeah. And I fell asleep in front of, asleep in front of half a grapefruit. Now I can't smell so, grapefruit. I don't want anything to do with said, grapefruit. My husband is very pro. You need to finish all of the food that's in front of you. So what we have learned is that we need to give them just teeny tiny little itsy bitsy little portions. And then if they want more, then they can have more. But usually they're just like, oh, so we call them no thank you bites. So <laughs> you have a you have a carrot and you say you hate carrots and you're supposed to take that bite. And if you don't want any more, you don't have to have any more, but you have to have that bite. So, but yeah, my whole thing, my philosophy in life is put it in your mouth. If you don't like it, <laughs> put it in my mouth. Um, if you don't like it, you can and spit it out. And that's how you ended up getting kids. <laughs> no, that's, that's how you don't get kids. Oh. Let me explain something to you. Oh, boy. So speaking of food, we have to feed the children. Guess what they're eating? Chicken nuggets. <laughs> and watermelon. <laughs> yep. Summertime. Oh, All right. Are we ready to, to put the gremlin in the blender? Okay. It's blending time. <laughs> blending time. Blending time. Blending time. Blending. So... I had another thing that I was working on, but it's really dense and it's taking me a long time to get through. So I have these true crime cases that occasionally get just like stuck in my head like a song that I always think about for years afterwards. And so I decided to tell you about one of those. Um, it's a case that I always think of as the San Francisco dog fucking lawyers, but more people might remember it as the death of Diane Whipple. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> gross uh, out. Here we go. Gross out time. Yeah, these people are fucking gross. This one is a real honey bucket because it is full of pieces of shit. Oh, this yeah. story. It, okay. tr- it's got all, it's got a bunch of things that trigger me like bad dog owners People who don't know how to get off elevators properly. I hate that. I'm always telling the kids, like, stand back. Don't. I hate when the the doors open and people are like, and you're like, I need to get out. Then you get in, motherfucker. Anyway. (laughs) So, yeah. People who don't know how to get out of elevators. White supremacists. Just all kinds of triggers. and, And, you know, shitty, annoying people. Diane Whipple was this sweet lady she was 33 years old. She, this happened four days before her 34th birthday. She was a thyroid cancer survivor, a lacrosse coach. Um, she had been on the U.S. women's lacrosse team. She had been with her partner, Sharon Smith, for seven years, and they got this apartment in San Francisco in Pacific Heights. Big, cool-looking Art Deco apartment building. So, unfortunately, they lived across the hallway from these pieces of shit, Robert and Marjorie, Robert Noel and Marjorie Noller. Robert's 59 and his wife Marjorie's 45. They have these two giant, aggressive, Canario dogs, Bane and Hera. So Bane weighed about 130 pounds and Hera weighed 100. Uh, oh my Diane God. weighed like 120. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, do you remember this at all? No, this is totally it very was, new. It I was in no the idea. news. So, like recently. Diane no. goes to the grocery store to get stuff for dinner that night. She gets home at about 4 o'clock. So she's got her bags of groceries. She's trying to get into her apartment. And a neighbor named Esther Berkmeyer hears screaming and thumping and calls 911. She tells the operator, like, I think someone's getting attacked by a dog. And the 911 operator's like, well, do you think or do you know? And she's like, well, I'm not sure. So the 911 operator tells her to call the non-emergency number. And then she, so she hangs up. And then I think she hears like a womp, womp on her door. And she's like, fuck this. She calls 911 again and just is screaming unintelligibly. Because at that point she looks out her little peephole and she sees a blonde woman laying on the floor of the hallway with a dog standing over her and blood everywhere. So these dogs 
Oh, this poor lady. And the poor dogs. Like, I don't think anything wants to live how these dogs lived. They attacked her and tore her apart, basically. She had 77 wounds on almost every part of her body except for her scalp and the soles of her feet. And she ultimately died from heart failure due to blood loss. I watched American Justice episode about it last night where they showed a picture of the hallway too many times for my taste. It's very gruesome. No one should have to die this way. And it was so unnecessary and shitty. And How did the dogs get out? These people had no control over their dogs. So they, were they home? These people yeah. or were the dogs? So they had gotten out. Marjorie, who's just a total liar, one of her many stories was that she had taken the dog, Bane, who was kind of the worst of the two upstairs to go to the bathroom up on the roof of the building. And then she was coming back down from there and she said that she kind of turned around to put the dog poop into like the trash chute, I'm thinking, in the hallway. And that that's when he saw Diane getting into her apartment. And they, she, she was, Marjorie was, was also not that big and she just could not control these large animals. So they had no voice control, no training. And he went for her. And then it sounds like maybe the, door to the apartment was cracked or something, and then the female also got out and joined in. These dogs have been trained to do this. They found a book in their apartment called, called like, Man Stopper. It's a dog attract training book. And the, a dog behaviorist analyzed the crime scene and said that these dogs had clearly been taught a technique called ragging, where they're specifically trained to, like, this, the clothing had, had been torn off of her body. She was totally nude. What ultimately killed her was that they tore her throat open and she just bled to death. So Marjorie, the liar, said that she, in her trial, claimed that, oh, I laid on top of her. I tried to stop it. No, no. You know what she didn't fucking do was call 911. So two other neighbors had called 911. All Marjorie did was, after her dog killed this woman, she just went back into her apartment and shut the door and she put the dog's... One in the bathroom and one in the bedroom. The SWAT team and the paramedics and everything showed up about seven minutes after 911 was called. And they found her just drenched in blood. Like her hair soaked in blood. The pictures of her afterwards are pretty gruesome. So she may, you know, she got all that blood all over her somehow. But I don't, I don't know. She's a total liar. And she's the only one that saw everything. So we'll never know. What really happened? What kind of what, what kind of dogs were these again? Presa Canario. What so is that? I've never it's even a heard big, of that. It's like a like imagine if Sir Beef times three or four. Pitbull. A big muscular mastiff kind of breed. Mastiff um, pitbullish. Yeah. Are the, they a pure breed? Yes. So it's kind of a rare breed. They're bred to be guard dogs, and they're originally from mm. just off the coast of Spain and the Canary Islands, so that's the Canario part. It's, it's about to get weird. The other thing that kind of blew my mind is this attack went on for 10 minutes, which, that's a really that's a long, long time. time. Um, that's a really long time. It's, yeah, this poor lady. Uh, yeah, so. People who own dogs that can have this kind of capability, I feel like they're um, they're in a sort of set of denial that their dog could ever do something so horrendous. Or, or are they just, they don't care? Or kind of both. I mean, they had trained this dog to do this. But for people who are like going to invade their house, not just attack random people yeah. coming up the stairs. Yeah. So they must have been like... I mean, whatever this ragging is, is probably involves a lot of abuse or whatever. It's just a, yeah, training. Well, people that train dogs to do this stuff, people that have dogs that do this stuff, they're not really concerned with the welfare of the animal. you got to quit. You're freaking me out. Ginger's eating her hair and it's freaking me out. makes me so nervous. Sorry. These stories make me so nervous. I know. Every step of the way, Robert and Marjorie were just... They're dicks. They're they're horrible, horrible people. Their neighbors hated them. Everyone in the entire neighborhood knew these dogs and was terrified of them. Mm. There were dozens of people who came forward after the trial started 
about with a story about how the dogs had lunged at them, had chased them. There had been previous bites, but none of them had broken the skin. And then the thing is, too, these people are lawyers. So anybody that complained about this or they would get countersued. And so people, so they had another neighbor who he, he, the elevator pulls up, he goes to get off. They don't move. They're crowding the elevator. They don't back up. So he kind of has to brush against Marjorie in order to get off the elevator. And the dog bit him in the butt. And it sounds like he had a really nasty bruise, but it didn't break the skin. So he thought about reporting it, but then he was just like, it's not worth dealing with these total, like, the dickishness level of these people is off the charts. Uh I mean, they're horrible. So their dogs would lunge at children. They lunged at a pregnant lady one time. There was never any contrition, never embarrassment, mortification. Uh, it was just like, huh, hmm, whatever. <laughs> they would let these fucking things off leash. They had no voice control. They would take them to the dog park and they were incredibly dog aggressive. Mm-hmm. So they attacked a couple other dogs. But they attacked the mailman. There was one story where the the mailman was basically using his mail cart as, like, the lion tamer chair. Mm-hmm. And Marjorie and Robert are, are back up the block just calmly watching the whole thing. They would they didn't even react. Their dogs would do this stuff, and they'd just be standing there, like, waiting for it to be over. And then they'd... There was no apology, no contrition after this happened, this attack. They went on Good Morning America. They blamed Diane every chance they got. So one of the things that they oh said God. was, um, oh, she she may have been menstruating. Oh so that God. may have triggered something in the dogs. She must have been wearing some kind of perfume. Oh, my God. And then the stories that Marjorie tells, there's, like, so many different stories about. That's disgusting. One story was that she just stood Ugh. there. Another story was that Diane told her to fuck off when she was like, hey, you need to get in your apartment because I need to come down the hallway. And Diane was scared of these dogs for weeks before this happened she when she was going somewhere with Sharon she would hide behind Sharon in the hallway of like I, I I'm, I'm right she talked all the time to Sharon about how scared of these dogs she was Robert and Marjorie were also the worst lawyers they um so they they fancied themselves like social justice warriors who were helping incarcerated people and helping prison guards who were witnessing crimes against prisoners so one case they were they were working with like a guard. I'm not sure. I don't remember what the circumstance was, but they, they lost the case and then the guy killed himself. Um, and then another guy that was testifying in one of their cases got murdered in prison after testifying in that Oh, these are trial. people who, who they were, them as lawyers. Yeah, they were pro bono because of course Marjorie has a trust fund, so they don't really need money. So they're just oh. out there saving the world. It's just such a weird, uh, par- whatever dichotomy of them, on the one hand being like, we're going to help these people when no one else will. And then in their lives, they're just mm, jerks. Um, one of my main sources for this was this article written by Evan White, I think his name is. It's a Rolling Stone article called Mad Dogs and Lawyers that was really good. And there's this great line in there of like, hey, if you could get convicted for being jerks, this case would have been over with a long time ago. But the whole thing, too, was there was a lot of factors in this case. One of them was, like, I know Sharon sued them in civil court and won, and it was this whole thing of, like, they weren't married, but they were longtime partners. So can that be considered a family member? Can you sue on behalf of your dead partner in a wrongful death suit? And she did, and she won, I think, $1.5 million, which she donated to the Diane Whipple Foundation. Oh, well, there's... So there's that. A little silver lining. Um, but it was kind of hard to prove second-degree murder because they had to prove that Marjorie knew when she left the apartment that day that she was doing something risky. But every time they left their house, like, I can't believe something didn't happen sooner with as much as they dragged these dogs all over the place and let them off leash and how aggressive they were. They would talk about these dogs like they were normal dog owners of like, oh, and Bainster and oh, and you know, these are our babies and we're going to take them to the pet store and buy them all these presents. And here's where we get to meet Paul Schneider, who I'm just going to call corn fed from here on out. Cause that's his super fun nickname. And so in the course of, I think it was the trial where the guy killed himself afterwards, they met an inmate named Paul Schneider, who is a real treat. He's um, a real high up in the Aryan Brotherhood. 
And he first went to jail at the age of 23 in 1985 for uh, robbing an armored car. And then he, in 1987, stabbed a guard in the neck, and that's how you get to be in the Aryan Brotherhood. Oh. And then in the 90s, got moved over to Pelican Bay, which is the where the real, real bad people go. And he is in the shoe, which is like the secure housing unit. And he spends 22.5 hours a day in his cell, but he somehow still manages to manipulate all kinds of people from inside jail. Uh, in 1990, he stabbed a defense attorney with a knife he had made out of a sloop ladle. They couldn't figure out how he had snuck the knife into the courtroom until they analyzed the wounds on the defense lawyer, and feces were found in the wounds. So <laughs> he... That's pretty hardcore. Ugh. Stuck a soup ladle knife in his pooper and snuck it into court. Well, you know, and, and like your average white supremacist douchebag, really into Norse mythology. Uh, <laughs> if you really want a fun time, go online and look at some of the drawings that he did where it was like, you know, the king and the prince. And then I don't remember what Marjorie was. And I love it because like in the drawings, the dude, the one dude... And everybody has mustaches. The one dude looks like him. The other dude definitely looks like Robert. And then the chick that's supposed to be Marjorie, like, is a good-looking chick. <laughs> like, it's it's totally not Marjorie. But it's like, oh, yeah, this is the woman. It's you, right? And it's like, oh, Marjorie. Marjorie kind of reminds me of, um, oh, Mrs. Turpin. <laughs> um, just real sunken eyes. And, oh, God, she's such a human turd. So he, Paul... Cornfed decides in jail that he's going to, he just loves dogs, and he's going to run a, a, a dog kennel breeding, and he's going to sell these dogs to who the police figured out. Uh, he's going to sell them to meth labs. He's going to sell them to the Mexican cartel. So they want these, like, terrifying dogs to guard right. their operations. So that's what they're doing. Shortly after Diane's attack and death... Marjorie and Robert adopt him because it was the adopt a Nazi day at Pelican <laughs> Bay. Oh, God. They basically said that they adopted him. Wait, it's a, a full grown man? Yes, this is a, I think it was like 38 you can't, or something. You can't that do time. that. You can. You can adopt a full grown That's one of the ways that actually, person? prior to some of the recent legislation, that gay people have been able to make sure that they're, you know, when they, that they, they adopt can, like, each other? Yeah, you can. So messed up. Okay. So, all right. But they would, what they really wanted was they would refer to themselves as the triad because they they wanted to fuck him so badly. They both had a boner for him. They wanted to have three ways with him. And that's where I really got hooked into this case was when they started talking about Marjorie sending him photos in jail of her in um, sexy time type scenarios oh with the dog. Oh, God, no, no, no. Well, you know, bestiality is always a little, it's no. just the cherry on the Sunday when no. you get a little, oh. these poor dogs, right? Like, I can't, I can't hate them. I can't, because none of this is their fault. But they were both euthanized. Bane was euthanized, like, immediately. And I saw the footage of them dragging Bane out, and he's literally foaming at the mouth, like, wow, what happened to this dog? The other fishy thing is that she said she'd been up on the roof and he was pooping, but when the cops came to get Bane out of the bathroom, they said the room was filled with feces. And then they also found in Hera's poop scraps of Diane's clothing. So they were trying to say that Hera wasn't involved, but she clearly was. She would write, oh, she would write gross stuff in French. The other thing was, is that her and Robert were able to correspond with Cornfed because they were lawyers. So all of their correspondence was confidential and horny. Oh my god. She referred to one of the dogs as my certified lick therapist. Um, she would send corn-fed incest porn where it was like, I'm the mommy and Robert's the daddy and you're our sexy son. And then apparently in mid-January, shortly before the attack, they performed a quote-unquote peep show they were they were in that like room with the plexiglass with corn fed for like three hours and uh, wait and then who's supposed to be watching this corn feds watching them do it 
with the dogs? Assuming. No, they, they no. Well, they, you couldn't. You can't bring the dogs into the prison. Oh, oh! I thought you were talking about they made it in there. Yeah, I mean, it, oh, okay. You know, there, there's, okay. there's rumors of pictures. Of course, she denies it, but. Robert would always talk about Cornfed as, oh, he's so gorgeous. Oh, he's such a manly man. And then they referred to Marjorie as their tigress. <sighs> they would always set a place at the table for Cornfed when they would eat at home. And just, they, they just loved him, and he's their son. And Okay. Yeah, so super gross upon okay. gross with an extra layer of gross. Did they ever get, like, okay, so they found, how did they get in trouble? How did these people get their... Just desserts. Come on, let's go. Oh, you want to skip to the trial? Oh my god, oh my god. Okay. Well, just to make you feel better, Marjorie is still currently serving 15 years to life in... Thank god. This place has the cutest name for a women's prison. Chowchilla. <laughs> Isn't that cute? <laughs> She's in Chowchilla. Mm. And Cornfed's been moved to... I don't know if it's Missouri or Michigan. I think it's Missouri. Yeah, he's gotten transferred. It is amazing to me this guy, Cornfed, is a master manipulator. And to be able to get people to do shit for you from prison. But then he's. it's also suspected that he's been involved in as many as 24 murders out since oh. he's been incarcerated. Oh. So he's ordering hits and he would tell people if they didn't do what they want, what he wanted, that he would have them killed. And he would occasionally do that. So he's just... Wow. And what about the husband? He got... So they both got... So Marjorie got charged with second-degree murder. They both got charged and convicted of involuntary manslaughter. Robert wasn't home when the attack took place, so Marjorie was home alone with the dogs. I don't know where he was. It never says. And who cares? Probably off at fucking taking a master class in asshole. God, I hate these people so much. I hate them. (laughs) So, yeah, they both got charged with involuntary manslaughter and owning a mischievous animal leading to death. So they, And so he served, Ooh. it looks like, just under three years. So he's out, uh, you know, whatever. In that Mad Dogs and Lawyers article, they interview, they have, like, one little quote from one of his kids that just, his ex-wife that he was with for 23 years just referred to him as being mentally ill. One of his kids just said he's, um, he's just, he just sucks. Um, I can't remember the, the <laughs> phrase, but it was like, ugh, my dad's just a, just a trash piece of crap. Yeah, so, and I do agree with them. So the trial was weird. They hired this super annoying lady named Nedra Ruiz, who was like crawling on the floor and crying during the trial. And they tried to say like, yeah, we had no idea our dogs would do this. And then I love it because they're, because the prosecution's like oh really you, you, you didn't know and then they pulled up over 20 people that were like yeah i remember that time i was walking with my six-year-old and you know your dog came within a centimeter of biting my kid in the face you don't remember that and i mean there was another time where there was a pregnant lady and the dog snapped at her belly and these people would just if beef ever did something like that i would be mortified mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm instantly in tears and they were just like oh and they would always be like well you shouldn't like the the -hmm. guy with the butt butt bite where they were like well you brushed against her and it's like Mm -hmm. you were blocking the doorway Mm -hmm. you gave him no choice but you know this whole time they they oh god i hate them they never referred to an attack they never referred to they never used the words attack or bite they still never apologized and even diane's partner sharon has said like they they were the most hated people in San Francisco. They had to have the trial in LA because everyone in San Francisco hate, hated them so much. And she said, you know, if they just would have even pretended to be sorry for a minute, people would have not forgiven them. But I mean, the pitchforks were sharpened and the torches were lit. And I get that because they were just so awful the whole time. They never, they would just say, you know, that's bullshit. Like, yeah, this is an unfortunate situation. And it's like your dogs ate a lady, you know, the dogs were soaked with the blood. Like it's so gruesome. So let's see. Oh, and then, so, so then there was an, so then Robert got them a new lawyer. They got a new trial. The murder conviction got overturned. People were pissed. 
Um, but then in May of 2005, Marjorie's second-degree murder charge got reinstated. So, yay! And then I want to kind of just backtrack a little bit to how the dog o war kennel got started from by Cornfred in jail. Oh. His roommate, who's also a, a murderer, was his. It was like some church outreach thing where some church lady would come and write him letters and stuff like that. And so he asked her if there was anyone that, that she could set Cornfed up with. And so he knew this lady named Janet. Co- she knew this lady named Janet Combs, who had a four-acre farm in nearby Hayfork, and uh, an 18-year-old daughter named Daisy. So they had a sheep farm, and so the room, the cellmate sets corn-fed up with Janet. This grand romance starts, and he convinces her to get involved with this dog breeding operation, even though she's never owned a dog. She doesn't know anything about dogs. And it's like, if you're going to have these kind of dogs, these are like expert-level dogs. These are not novice dogs. These are, you can have these dogs, but you need to know what you're doing because you basically are walking around with a shotgun at the end of a leash, you know? Even beef. So beef is a Staffordshire Bull Terrier, and it's you need to know what you're doing with a dog like this because it's it it could cause damage, and they're they're uh-huh. they've got terrier in them. They're really strong willed. But yeah, the it kind of reminded me almost of Michael Vick. So this this kennel from day one, it was like he was really into Bane being like meaning death and destruction, and you know he yelled at Janet because she sent him a picture of one of the dogs snuggling with a cat and he was like, you're making him into a pussy. And it's like, no, she's socializing him, even though she doesn't really know what she's doing. She's socializing him. So she's kind of doing the right thing. But yeah, he did not like that. And she at one point had eight of these dogs on her ranch. And like one of the dogs had puppies and ate half of them and and buried one alive. Like these, none of these dogs seem very mentally healthy. And then you add the unsocialization. Apparently, one of Bane's descendants did end up living a perfectly happy life with a family somewhere. But so yeah, me, another one and did they did track it to like one of these Mexican cartels. That goes so. back to the breed. It's not always. It's not the breed. It's the people. Absolutely. Socialization mm-hmm. is crucial. Mm-hmm. But like you said, they're high, they're very strong willed breed. Yeah. So you need to know what you're doing, but oh my God, that's horrible. Okay. Yeah. Can I just say that in that whole story, the one thing that really resonated with me the most was that, that people are messed up and they can inflict their messed upness to anything. But there's just this, like, egocentric way of thinking, like, everybody needs to sort of understand what it's like to be a pet owner, and if they don't, then that's their fault, and... (laughs) The dogs were just kind of accessories in this weird (sighs) fantasy life, where they were these majestic beasts, and, um... Yeah, it's... It's awful that these people are complete, horrible garbage, and I'm glad that Marjorie, I hope she never gets out of jail... And it sucks that Robert's out of jail. Cornfed will never get out of jail because he's serving like three concurrent or he's done consecutive other bad things. life sentences because he keeps murdering mm. people. So, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, it's just the, yeah, the unnecessariness of it. The And also, too, I want to say, because I talk to people who don't understand or know about dogs all the time that are like, oh, you know, you you can have a large breed in an apartment. I had a client that had a Neapolitan Mastiff in a studio apartment. And it's not necessarily about the size of the dog. It's about what that dog was eugenically engineered to do. And, you know, so her Mastiff, she's like, yeah, a dog that big is like a lion. They sleep 20 hours a day two walks and they're just like bushwhacked. <laughs> so versus I think it's a lot more abusive actually to have like a Jack Russell Terrier yeah. in a studio apartment. You can, or a dog or a beagle. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You know, a dog <laughs> that's bred to run and hunt right. and dig and, yeah. and, and yowl, you know, yeah. does not belong in an apartment. So mm-hmm. 
All right, I gotta hit the road. Okay, Harold's well, having his kindergarten assessment. We have got to add something onto the end of these podcasts because I just <laughs> I end with like, Whoa! and yeah, <laughs> and I just vomited that all over you, and now I'm gonna leave. <laughs> Goodbye. See have you a later. Great, have a great night. Thinking about that. <laughs> all right, next week. What do we talk about next week? We talk about. Yeah, we'll think about it. Okay. We're going to have a break because I'm going to be gone and you're going to be gone and then the kids are starting school and when we come back, our brains are going to be... Oh my gosh. Juicy and Gardens of knowledge. Yeah, because we're brain jerky right now. (laughs) Chewy. We are chewy. All right. All right. Adios. Thanks to the Tulpas. We we love you guys. Your support means everything to us. So... (laughs) Thanks for your emails and your letters and the packages that you leave on my doorstep. It's great. All that fan mail. Oh, so much. I mean, there's, you know, yeah. I have you know, quite a pile of autographs that I need to get to right now. Oh, yeah. Your 8x10 glossies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, yeah. 